The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. And now, on with the show. Yes, yes, y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today show on the internet with a little bit to talk about. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating what would have been his 187th birthday. Happy birthday to President James Garfield. Hey. He's a weird one, right? Yeah. 200 days in office. One of four assassinated. Uh, yeah. Have you read up on um, Charles Gateau is the guy who oh, shot yeah. him, right? Yeah. Have you read up on like his defense? It's very interesting. It is. Yeah. All those – he and uh, Colgage or whatever, however you pronounce the guy who shot McKinley. Mm-hmm. Boy, those are some fruitcakes. Fruitcakes. Those were he, some screws. So he had, for those who don't know, James Garfield was shot in a train station mm-hmm. by Charles Coteau, who's like a lawyer who had a grudge. And he shot him, and he tried to argue. He, he did not try to argue that he didn't shoot him. Right. He tried to argue, no, 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 I shot him, but he died because of an infection, right. which is the doctor's fault. That is the doctor's fault. So I should only be charged with assault yeah. of the president, <laughs> which is... Oh, right. <laughs> and actually, the funniest part about this is, like, as as medical science has advanced, he doesn't not have a point. He's he's not because most wrong. Di- most medical evidence today suggests that the only reason Garfield died, if they just left the bullet, yeah, he would have like had a bullet in him and it would have hurt for a, like his whole life, but it wouldn't have killed him. Mm-hmm. But because they kept trying to get it. The infection from trying to mm-hmm. keep opening the wound turned gangrenous, uh-huh. and that's what killed him. Yeah. So, anyway, happy birthday, James Garfield. <laughs> yeah. And sitting to my right, the privacy invasion to my Alexa, our West African prince, it is Ishmael Johnson. Hey, what's up? Hey, do you think there are people who are listening to this podcast on their, um, on their um, Echo? No. <laughs> let's, just, let's just give this a try. Okay. Can, I, can I throw one more weird? Alexa, game? play five minutes of fart noises. No. Can I throw one more weird works. James Garfield fact at you? Uh, I'm here for it. Uh, More James Garfield podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> James Garfield uh, is in his tomb. The uh-huh. only president whose casket is out in open air still. Really? really? It's just on a pedestal huh? covered in an American flag. Where? Uh, Ohio. Oh. Where he's one of the Ohio presidents, mm. one of the many he Ohio was, presidents. He, he's very. I, I, I but if read, you want to get a creepy, morbid fact, he and his wife just sitting in their caskets, hanging out. I need to. I need to read a wow. book. I need to read a book about him because he was like for a long time he was considered like the American dream because he was like he was born like poor mm-hmm. and and then he ended up becoming president. It's like oh, you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I need to read a book about James Garfield. Anyway, anyway. Today is Monday, November nineteenth, two thousand eighteen. Three days until the best day of the year. Happy Thanksgiving season, guys. Episode 665, 660. Is, six, this, 
Is it not 666? No, tomorrow's 666. Oh, I already put up 666. Mark, Everyone's Mark. making an episode of the Beast no, jokes already. No, tomorrow's the episode of the Beast. I'm leaving it up. Uh, episode 665. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care that much. Brett Snyder's OPS and his illustrious Texas Rangers career. Those 10 games in 2004. On today's show, guys, we're going an hour. We're doing a live F it. We'll do it live. We've got Monday morning fallout. We're going to overreact to the football weekend. There's like one or two things I suppose we could say. Yeah. I'll do that. Um, then be joined by the head coach of the Richardson Pierce Mustangs. Coach David Collins will join us. Pretty, after, pretty big, pretty big after for him. a shocking, <laughs> shocking upset <laughs> of Cedar Hill. I don't, I don't say that lightly. Yeah. There are not many scores. There are not many games, in, especially in the playoffs, that like make me stand up and go, ah! But... Richardson Pierce over Cedar Hill is certainly one of them. We'll talk with Coach David Collins uh, in just a minute. Back half of the show, we're going to reveal the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees and the Army Value Schools of the Week. Then we're going to bring in Shehan Jayaraja and do a college football power poll, rank the 12 FBS teams in the Lone Star States. We'll get to that. TexasFootball.com slash playoffs for all the updated brackets, area round matchups, everything you need. Max, more than ever, please hit that area siren. Stop for Monday morning fall. Monday morning fallout, of course, when we overreact to the football weekend, and holy cannoli, guys, do we have some overreacting to do. Let's start with my three big thoughts. Thought number one, the Big Bang. What could you possibly be talking about? So, you know, I don't want to get into a conversation about how the world started and why we're here and existentialism, but there is a common belief in, in scientific circles that the Earth came along at the very beginning because of a giant explosion in space. Giant explosion started everything. With the Texas high school football playoffs, a giant explosion has started everything. <laughs> um, and I think it's worth mentioning. This is not how it always goes. Usually, no. yeah. usually we get one. in the first round of the playoffs, there will be one. One. Yeah. There was always one game in the first round. Maybe Everyone two. focuses Maybe on two. it. Oh, look at that. Maybe yeah. two. Yeah. But we had like six or seven. Yeah. <laughs> six or seven ones that you go, whoa. And we also, by the way, had another like four or five that were like this close to happening too. You have to keep your eye on those. The three big ones. Spearman beats Cisco in 3A Division Two, And this was an unbeaten... Cisco team, a team I had, I believe, winning that region, region one, in three division two. Now it seems like there's nothing stopping a Canadian Childress. Although Childress struggled, yeah. rode the struggle bus a little bit. Yep. Um, that one was that. That's one that I think comes in third place on your gasp o meter. The second place one for me is Mesquite Horn over Temple. Now, I've gone on record. How is that number two? Oh, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> we got more. I've gone on record. Yeah, we got a whole bag of them. <laughs> We've got, I've gone on record. When they were 0-7, I think I might have said on television. Mm-hmm. Most that dangerous Mes- 0-7. That Mesquite Horn is yeah. the greatest 0-7 team in Texas high school football history. Yeah. Because the schedule they had we run did. had been brutal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brutal. And But... They, they win their final three. They get into the playoffs. Your reward, you got to go to Wildcat Stadium and play Temple. you got to play. you got to play. Jermaine Givens put on the cape in a way that we have never seen before. Ooh, boy. And Mesquite Horn goes down 
and shocks Temple at Wildcat Stadium and knocks, knocks out the Wildcats. Now, there's going to be a lot of wringing of hands and a lot of gnashing of teeth and a lot of people talking about Temple losing that last game, Week 11, to avoid going to Longview. Now, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not inside the coaching staff's heart. I don't know what happened. All I know is that they did lose that final game. Yeah. If they had won that game, they would have gone to Longview. And let's be real. If they had gone to Longview, based on this result, Probably did anybody think that they were going to beat Longview? <laughs> I do not be- I don't think. I don't know. I have very – another existential moment. Yeah. I don't know if I believe in karma. I don't know if I do. Here's what I do believe. I believe losing is contagious. Mm-hmm. And I think when you go 8-0 and and then you lose a heartbreaker to your rival in midway mm-hmm. and then you lose in week 11, however it came about, to Copper's Cove. Yeah. I think sometimes it's easy to forget how to win. And I think Mesquite Horn threw a punch and suddenly Temple realized, wait a second, wait a second. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 no, no, no. We're they're supposed four, to do They're four this. and seven. They're four and no, seven. They're, they're, What's they're, happening? They're, no, no, no. Yeah. This, is a, this is a three win three, team. Yeah, three and seven. A stunning, stunning upset yeah. as Mesquite Horn beats Temple. And that's the second biggest one. <laughs> because the one, because I'll be honest, if you, if you came to me on Wednesday, last Wednesday, and you said, hey, I'm from the future. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the results of the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. And Horn beats Temple. I'd be like, whoa. That's crazy. Okay, I mean, I mean, Horn's pretty good, but man, that's okay. Wow. If you had come to me and said, "Hey, I'm from the future," and Richardson Pierce beats Cedar Hill, I would have said, "I'm calling the police." <laughs> <laughs> that is, I think, a top five upset in the last ten years. Our unanimous Region One pick for Six A Division Two, Cedar Hill. Unanimous, all four of us on the staff at pick. home. For Richardson Pierce, and we're going to talk with David Collins in a moment, and mm-hmm. I'm going to try to be respectful, but Richardson Pierce is a team we did not think about when the brackets came out. Mm-hmm. The brackets came out, and we said, oh, who's Cedar Hill going to see in the second round? Right. That's exactly, that's what, I think that's what everybody in the world did. Yeah. But Pierce came in, and the defense played with its hair on fire. They forced five turnovers, and I think if you talk to Cedar Hill folks, they're going to say, we didn't play well at all. And it's got to be both. Props to Richardson Pierce, who have turned everything upside down. A huge, huge win for the Mustangs. And now Cedar Hill's out. And this is all very post hoc. Mm-hmm. I recognize this is post hoc. But we maybe should have seen this coming. Because the two weeks leading up to the DeSoto game, remember, we were sitting here saying, man, boy, Cedar Hill had to eke it out over South Grand Prairie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that boy, they were just kind of playing with their food a little bit. Just I don't know. But then DeSoto rolls around. They turn it on. They smoked DeSoto. They were the dominant force in the game against DeSoto. And I think we all said, I was like, boom, okay. that's a regional champion they right there. They turned it on. Yeah. They flipped the switch. Watch out for Cedar Hill. The switch got flipped back. <laughs> and for Richardson Pierce to go on the road to Longhorn Stadium and beat Cedar Hill is a stunner. Big bang. That's our first thought. Thought number two, hired to be fired. It is a stark reminder that in college football, there's a lot of stuff we can talk about college football. We'll talk with Shehan J. Raja here in a moment. It is an important reminder this week that you only rent college coaching jobs. <laughs> Nobody has them forever. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened this week and with Everett Withers getting fired at Texas State. Um, 
he got fired, and, and I think that you would look at the record and you would say, okay, I get it. I mm-hmm. understand why they fired him. There are a number of undercurrents, I think, going mm-hmm. on politically. I know you're a little bit more in tune with this. Sure. But I know the AD is not the most popular guy on campus. Yeah, a lot of people think this might be a kind of a, a scapegoat firing, potentially. Yes. Um, we'll see. But Texas State is open. Yeah. Um, Everett Withers, I thought that because Texas State was trending up, mm-hmm. I thought because of that, he would get one more year. Right. That's kind of how I felt. They mm-hmm. were too, I mean, even this even this past week. Right. They played really well against a pretty Start, darn good Troy. Starting team. quarterback out, he threw five picks, four or five picks, uh, Tyler Vitt, the yeah. backup quarterback, and they lost 12-7 to seven against a really good Troy team. Really good Troy team. So, on the road. On the road. So, like, it was like, okay, maybe they are trending up. And, yeah. like, you consider the past couple weeks as well, mm-hmm. they've been competitive except for last week uh, versus App State. But everything else. It's been trending up. Trending up. up. Yeah. So it's it's just a stark reminder that that time is fleeting, yeah. and especially for college football coaches. So Texas State will have another head coach. Um, read Ishmael's fine work on TexasFootball.com. dot com. You're gonna have another piece up today about potential candidates. Yeah, I'm gonna have another. Uh, I wrote a column, kind of his post mortem on what the Ever Withers era meant to Texas State, why I think he was a necessary hire in the first place. And uh, later on today, hopefully, we'll have some candidates that um, I'm coming up with. Uh, you know, these aren't these aren't founded in actual research or reporting on my part. Uh, this is just like logical fits, mm-hmm. realistic fits, more dr- pipe dream hires, things like that. Uh, that'll be up later today. Thought number two. Thought number three, and then there were eleven. There are twelve reigning, defending, undisputed state champions right now. And now there are 11 that can still defend it as Rockdale goes down to Grandview. Everyone else is still alive. Um, College Station survived Mesquite Poteet, but they will now be in a state championship, state champion elimination game with Highland Park this week. Uh, everyone else kind of took care of their own business. Uh, but there are now only 11 defending champs in the state of Texas. Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker for all we talk about um, teams that won. I want to make sure we give a shout-out to Dallas Skyline quarterback Velton Gardner. This kid, holy cow, very nearly took Skyline over DeSoto, which would have been another stunner. 363 yards and three touchdowns passing and 118 yards and four touchdowns rushing in a wild game with DeSoto. He's quietly been doing this all year. He really oh, has yeah. been. He's been great. It's sad to see that, that end this year, but uh, Dallas Skyline quarterback Velton Gardner gets a helm sticker. A helm sticker to the TCU defense. <laughs> uh, wow, you guys woke up. How about that? <laughs> Big win over Baylor. We'll talk about it with Shehan J. Raja coming up here in just a little bit. And Bosqueville wide receiver Marcel Estelle. Six catches, 151 yards, and four touchdowns receiving for Marcel Estelle. He gets a helmet sticker as well. Three teams to watch. Clarendon. We had a number of fours over ones. Clarendon takes down nine and one Rawls. They are through to the next round. Congratulations to Clarendon. Keep an eye on them. Incarnate Word and Lamar. Into the FCS playoffs. Into the FCS playoffs. How they got there, I don't know, but they're in. Yeah. So keep an eye on Incarnate Both Word of Lamar. Both of them are 7-4, and four, but they snuck in. Congratulations yep. to Eric Morris and company. That's, a, that's huge for them, and Lamar as well. Uh, remarkable, remarkable stuff they are in. And San Antonio Reagan. Do you guys see this? Do you guys see? Like, it's not, it, wasn't, it wouldn't have been a stunner if they beat, beat O'Connor. O'Connor. Right, but they pummeled him. They they clobbered him. <laughs> really that impressive. Was, I looked. That was one of the scores of this weekend that you mentioned. Uh, we mentioned upsets, and it was like, oh, that one. Yeah, you just kind of saw how, how that was unfolding. That's it's like, like a, oh my goodness, stylistic upset. Right, yeah. right. Uh, but that's a three teams watch. Three to see. Uh, Manville and Huntsville. 
Let's go. Really Ooh. excited about this one. I'll if be you there. and and two teams that kind of went different directions in round one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manville struggled for a while with Barbers Hill. Huntsville was dominant in their win. Keep an eye on this one. I'm excited about that I'm one. I'm going to it. Do you want to come with me, Tepper? Where is the game? NRG. Are you going for the whole triple header or whatever? Uh, not the whole. I won't be there for all three, but I'll be there for the first two. I can't, unfortunately. If you see Max, on, give him a hug. I'm on baby house arrest. Don't give me a hug. I'll punch you. Texas A&M and LSU, a lot of great games this week, including Texas and Kansas in a very important game for the Longhorns. But A&M and LSU, if Jimbo Fisher wants to prove things are different, here's a chance to prove things are different. And Gunner and Lexington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another game we've been excited about. This game is finally coming down. We're excited about Gunner and Lexington. Those are three to see, and that is Monday morning fallout. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That is our subscription package. Uh, Why would you want to do that? Well, I've got a number of reasons. Allow me to lay them out there. You get two magazines, uh, including the 2018 recruiting edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, uh, which comes out uh, next week, or it goes to press tomorrow is when we send it to press. It's usually about a week, but as soon as it comes off the press, we'll put it in a mail or an envelope mailed directly to you. Profile more than 400 prospects around the Lone Star State from the class of 2019, which are seniors right now, to the class of 2022. Those are freshmen right now. Uh, so you get that. You also get... Uh, the 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the Bible of Texas Football, the magazine you know us for. Uh, you get that um, 400 pages. You love it. You know. You know what it is. You also get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, including computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, computer projections of every Texas high school football game, recruiting analysis from our friends at Next Level Athlete and Greg Powers. Uh, Texas Football Today extras, seasons worth of Tep and Step, our, pre- our premium high school football podcast. That goes throughout the season. All that, everything I just listed, all for the low, low price of nineteen ninety five for an entire year. Nineteen ninety five for an entire year. Makes a great gift as well. It's TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Max, let's go to the Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Hotline, and bring in the guy who is suddenly coaching the talk of the state. The Richardson Pierce Mustangs, a stunning upset of the Cedar Hill Longhorns, and we were joined by their head coach, David Collins. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great, Greg. How are you, bud? Oh, wonderful. How has this uh, How has this weekend been for you? You know, it's been it's been exciting. It really is. Uh, you know, it's 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 always fun to get a chance to to practice on Thanksgiving week and get a chance to play that weekend. But uh, you know, really, just. Uh, just excited for our guys and for our community. It was a, a big win for them on Friday night. It was great to get to see our community celebrate a win like that. You guys go on the road to take on a, a, a team that, that was you know not just favored to win this game, but favored to maybe to play for a state championship uh, and take down Cedar Hill. I'm really interested uh, um, what your message was to your kids. You know, knowing full well that they have Twitter. <laughs> you know, they, they, yeah. have, they, have, they have social media. Um, what, what was your message to your kids before that game? You know, our, our message was we knew there was going to be a lot of talk. And matter of fact, the first two texts I got was, you know, the always the story of David and Goliath. But what our message was to our kids is very simple. Is we're not an underdog anymore. We've we've earned the right to be in big football games. And if we play well, then we've earned the right to win big football games. And that's what we stressed to our kids all week. We told them that we had a plan 
that would put us in a position to win the game. And really what happened for us is early on in the game, a lot of the things that we talked about having to have done, uh, we got them done. Defense, you know, our defense always gets 11 hats to the ball. They create turnovers. And then when we created turnovers, we knew offensively we had to cash in on them. And with that happening really early for us, Greg, I just felt like the, the belief continued to build for our kids. And I, I don't think for a second that our kids went out on that field not expecting to win the game. Uh, well, and they came away with a win. You know, I, I was struck by the fact that you guys go into halftime 14-7, and you guys are up uh, at halftime. How much do you think that moment, just going into halftime and, and having more points than the opponent, how much do you think that uh, was, was a boost for you guys and, and kind of got you guys over the top to make you guys believe? Well, I think I think it's absolutely critical. I mean, you've played a full half of football, and you've you've put yourself in a position to win the game, and and you know that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to go into the fourth quarter with a chance to win the game, but going into halftime already being up, uh, you know, it, what, there was no talk about. Uh, oh man, I think we can. I think we can. It was all of here's what we're going to do, and our kids understood it exactly, and they said, "Yeah, coach, we're going to go out there and get it done." And and it was just it was beautiful to watch at halftime, and then obviously, you know, we came out in the second half. And started on offense and went on a six-minute drive and kicked a field goal to go up 10. And I think you just continued to see that confidence build and build for our kids. We're talking with David Collins, the head coach of the Richardson Pierce Mustangs here on Texas Football Today. Can involve the conversation, hashtag TF today. But, Coach, you know, the, the, the story of this game, for from my perspective, is, is your defense and your, ability, and your ability to go out there and just – Take the darn ball away. I mean, five five turnovers, um, uh, six turnovers rather. You guys are were all over the field. Um, what what was it about your defense that was working on Friday night? Well, I think it's uh, it's really something Greg has been working all year. Now, we've have we've forced twenty nine turnovers on the season, which is a which is an incredible number. Uh, but that's what our guys do. I mean, we we work to get eleven guys to the football at all times. And we, we work tirelessly on stripping the football, on, you know, pressuring the ball carrier. And it just, again, it just, they, they did their job. There were a couple times where our guys did a great job of standing the runner up and just ripping it out of their arms. And then a couple of big hits that forced some turnovers. So, I mean, it's just what Coach Lambert and our defensive staff works on so hard each week is it, just really manifested itself in what we've been able to do all year long. And then Friday night was just really a continuation of, what that defense has been doing and when you get 11 guys to the ball and you get guys that can wrap some guys up and the other guys can come in and, and strip it big plays happen uh, and i i want to i want to see if how how candid i can get you here because cedar yeah. hill lined up for what would have been a go-ahead you know likely game-winning field goal they're yep. late they end up missing it but they're lining up for that field goal what's going through your mind what's going through your guts <laughs> Well, uh, what I told the block guys is this. I said, and I, and I don't know that this is true, Greg, but I'll tell you, I, I, our kids believe it's true. I told them, guys, we spend 20 minutes a week on doing nothing but the, the techniques to block kicks. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we spend 10 minutes on Monday, 10 minutes on Thursday, and all we do is work on the paths and the track for the three guys who block the kick. So what I told the three guys that were going to do it, I said, guys, y'all going to block this kick. I said, nobody works it more than we do. And lo and behold, 
we get through on on the left side right there and our number two inside the wing puts pressure on it and we really feel like that might be the biggest reason he pushed the ball to the left Mm -hmm. is if he kicks it online i think we block it anyway and and that's all i focused on was to to try to get our kids one more time to believe in the way we prepared and that they were going to go do a big thing and then just uh you know i'm i'm looking up to the to the (laughs) stars and the heavens i'm saying you know what it, it's whatever happens it's meant to be and uh i believe we worked it and gave ourselves a chance and and lo and behold it it sailed left for us and it was a big win it was it was it was a remarkable win and, and you know you're here um in your third year here at pierce and yes, sir. um obviously obviously this has been the you know that you a good year last year you guys win a playoff game uh last year you're 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 now through the playoff uh, through but this has to feel like the the biggest win do you do you feel like it has been uh, that this has been a you can draw a straight line from where you started to where you are right now as far as the process is concerned. I, I think so. Uh, you know what, what we've what we've told our guys in a number of big games this year. It's what happens right now is what we've done for the last three years to put ourselves in this position. And uh, you know I think that's something our guys, the top to bottom, are not just our players, our coaches, our trainers, our our student athletic managers, our community. I think they all really believe. And again, it's because we've we've seen the the fruits of our labor, but they believe that three years worth of work has put us in a position to play in these games. And if we've worked and we've done what we needed to, then we deserve to win them as well. Now we have to go out and execute and win them, but we deserve to be in the big games. And I think that's really more than anything else. Our guys believe they deserve to be in that game, that they weren't a forty point underdog, that they had just as big a chance to win it as Cedar Hill did, and and they went out and did it. And you guys are, you know, um, the, I think if you look at the box score, if you watch the game, I don't think the offensive numbers are going to wow you from for, for you guys this past week. But at the same time, sure seemed like you got a gutty effort from your quarterback, Bo Brewer. And I know he has been really, really good all year long for you guys. For those who may not be familiar with your senior quarterback, what can you tell us about him? He is one of the biggest competitors that I've ever had a chance to coach. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he reminds me a lot of when I coached Baker Mayfield at, at Lake Travis. He's, he's a guy that's the first guy here after me every day. He wants to watch video. He wants to know exactly what's going on. He's an extremely intelligent kid. And then when he gets out on the field, he, he plays with a competitiveness every single day that makes everybody better. And, uh, no one on the field believes that they're a better player than Bo. You understand what I mean? And and not that he's a cocky kid. It's that he believes he's done everything that it takes to make every play. And if you, you know, there was three or four just third down throws that he made to move drives that were, the coverage was unbelievable. He fits it in there. You know, guys like Ford Woods and, and Pablo Velasquez make huge catches. But it's really because he never doubted for a second that he was going to take that drop and rip that thing in there. And that's just a, it's, it's, it's so awesome to get a chance to coach a guy like him because you feel like you got a chance every week. We're talking with David Collins of Richardson Pierce around Texas football today. Get involved in the conversation. Hashtag TF today. So now coach, it's on to the next one. One o'clock yep. Friday at Allen's Eagle stadium. Uh, you draw the Hebron Hawks, uh, another darn, another team at, at seven and four that I think is, probably better than their record indicates um, yes, sir. i'm not going to ask you to give away your game plan but when you look across the field uh, on on friday afternoon what, what are you guys going to be up against well i think it's just probably one of the most well-coached football teams that we've played all year and that's not to say anything bad about anybody else we play but brian and his staff do such a great job they're always going to be in the right position both offense defense and then on special teams 
they do so many things. They they do such a great job of getting prepared each week, special teams wise, to give you something new. So I think you really got to be sound to beat these guys. You've really got to be great uh, on defense. You got to be in the right spot all the time. They've got a wide receiver who is an unbelievable player that can go the distance on you at every 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 chance he touches the ball. And then uh, you know defensively, they just got a lot of guys that kind of like our defense that fly around they're going to be in the right spots and they're going to create problems for you if you don't take care of your business and then again like i said on special teams they do something new every week and we've got to be prepared for it and be sound in the kicking game to to have a chance i think and, and finally coach I've, I've pulled it up here on google maps you uh cedar the the drive from cedar hill uh to pierce is about 31 miles uh, mm-hmm. what was that 31 miles like on the bus on the way back well, our, our boys love John Denver, so you've never uh, heard more John Denver sing in your life than what you heard on that 31 miles. I don't know what it is about John, but they love him, man. And they uh, they sang John Denver songs all the way home. It's a it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> the, the, the Pierce Mustangs are through to the area around to take on Hebron 1 o'clock Friday at Allen's Eagle Stadium uh, with their coach, David Collins. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the big win Friday night, and uh, go get them on, on this Friday. Well, Greg, I appreciate you having on, us on and everything that you guys do for high school football in Texas. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Coach. There All he right. goes. Bye. There he goes. David Collins, the head coach. Richardson Pierce Mustangs. Um, he sure didn't think it was an upset. No, they prepared for this uh, man. <laughs> he probably thinks like, I can't believe we won. <laughs> you know, because you got to believe it. I think if you talk with coaches, the first step is you just got you got to believe you're going to do it. Sure, you got to be like, all right, we're just going to do it. But I do wonder if there's that moment where like you fi- you get it done and you, you go. See- Holy crap, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> or you see the clock and you're like, oh, we're, we're up and it's almost over. Because <laughs> that's – and, you know, he brings up a great point. He's yeah. like, like if you look at this – if you look at their numbers, mm-hmm. the defensive numbers do not wow you. Yeah. This is not some this is not some defense that, that is just, you know – Shutting down teams. It's, not, it's right. not North Shore, right, right. where they're just right. shutting out everybody. It's not Franklin yeah. where it's just like you can't move the ball on them. They give up yards and they give up points, but they take the darn – ball away mm-hmm. and and i mean this is a defense that's given up let me do some quick math um giving up 28 points a game yeah. right it's not like some shutdown lockdown oh man they right. like defense but they fly to the football and they took the ball away and they took the ball away six times against richardson or against uh, cedar hill mm-hmm. and uh, and that's a big reason why they stunned the state and why they're through yeah, i'm looking at it now they have 11 picks on the year they have 16 19 fumble recoveries God, 15 cause fumbles like that's. I mean, they, <laughs> they are. Just, they they just are know how to take the ball away. The darn football and ripping it away. Yeah. And, and uh, look, man, sky's the limit now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you beat them on the road. You got to feel like you can beat anybody. Wild card, baby. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cut the brakes. So appreciate Coach David Collins hopping along with us. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage. High school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in, along with Wells Fargo, and in conjunction with the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Each Monday at noon, that's here and now, uh, TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award. 
based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then let you vote at TexasFootball.com. Voting closes at noon every Friday, uh, with the, a winner being announced shortly thereafter here on this very show. The Week 12 by district Playoffs nominees for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award. Lancaster running back Cavantre Bradford ran for 383 yards and three touchdowns in the Tigers' win. Justin Northwest running back Demarius Hosey, 351 yards and five touchdowns on the ground for the Texans. Mesquite Horn quarterback Jermaine Givens, 293 yards and three touchdowns passing, 211 yards and a game-winning touchdown rushing for Horn in their stunner over Temple. Midland League quarterback Mikey Serrano threw for 415 yards and six touchdowns in their wild game uh, with El Paso Americas. They put up 70-burger. Sherilyn Pioneer quarterback Jacob Rosales threw for 523 yards and four touchdowns and 80 yards and two scores on the ground. Bastrop running back Jaquay Creighton. Uh, yeah, Creighton, rather. Th- six, 365 yards and six touchdowns on the ground for the Bears in a heartbreaking loss to Kerrville Tyvee. Eustace, Eustace quarterback Alejandro Sanchez, 430 yards and five touchdowns rushing, 84 yards and a touchdown passing. Big Sandy quarterback Caden Minter, 371 yards and three touchdowns passing, 123 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Santo running back and defensive back Grant Nemeth, 317 yards and five touchdowns on the ground. He also had six tackles and picked off a pass. And for, Wasn't that for a touchdown, too? Uh, or no, maybe not. I don't have that on my list. Okay, my bad. We'll say yes. Sure. <laughs> Grant Nemeth from Santo. And finally, Fall City running back and defensive back Brady Lissy, 166 yards and three touchdowns uh, rushing, seven tackles, Two interceptions, one was returned for a touchdown, and he had a fumble recovery no big for deal. the Beavers. So those are your Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Lancaster running back Cavantre Bradford. Justin Northwest running back Demarius Hosey. Mesquite Horn quarterback Jermaine Givens. Midland League quarterback Mikey Serrano. Sherilyn Pioneer quarterback Jacob Rosales. Bastrop running back Jaquay Creighton. Uh, Eustace quarterback Alejandro Sanchez. Big Sandy quarterback Caden Minter. Santo running back defensive back Grant Nemeth. And Fall City running back and defensive back Brady Lissy. Vote early, vote now, vote often, vote now at TexasFootball.com. Dave Campbell's Texas Football in partnership with the U.S. Army is proud to honor one public school, one school from each public school classification for the Army Value School of the Week Award. The schools selected throughout the course of this program have best exemplified the seven Army values. Loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. Our Week 12 by district playoffs, Army Value Schools of the Week. In 6A, Mesquite Horn. After starting the year 0-7, the Jaguars have caught fire, winning their final three games of the regular season and stunning the Texas high school football world with a thrilling 45-38 win on the road over Temple. In 5A, Maynard, Taj Brooks ran for 175 yards and five touchdowns, including a one-yard touchdown score. Made Ishmael Johnson very happy with 58 seconds left. Wham Nation. As the Mustang shocked Dripping Springs, 43-40. In 4A, San Angelo Lakeview, David Tanguma intercepted a pass in the fourth quarter and followed it up with a game-winning three-yard touchdown run as the Chiefs beat Clint Mountain View 28-21 for just their third playoff win since 1996. 
In 3A, East Chambers, in a wild shootout, the Buccaneers scored a school record 82 points and ran for 539 yards in an 82-54 win over Crockett. In 2A, Haskell, facing district champion El Dorado, the Indians were unfazed, marching on a 20-play, 96-yard scoring drive in the fourth quarter as Haskell took home a 26-22 win. Jeff Munkin's sitting somewhere nodding, like, uh-huh. <laughs> and number one, <laughs> 1A, Gorman. The Panthers earned their first playoff victory since 2008, back when they were an 11-man program, with a huge 68-20 Mercy Rule win over Eden. So those are your Army Values Schools of the Week. In 6A, Mesquite Horn. In 5A, Maynard. In 4A, San Angelo Lakeview. In 3A, East Chambers. In 2A, Haskell. And in 1A, Gorman. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit texasfootball.com slash school of the week. It's my go, turn to go. You, you okay. want to tag out? Yeah. You want to tell anybody any, any parting words? Wait, this needs to be a new segment, too. And now we go to Ishmael Johnson. <laughs> As he says goodbye. For his parting words. Uh, well, since we're on the Maynard kick, congratulations, guys. That was an awesome win over Dripping Springs. That was great. I was keeping track of that score, and I was like, oh, can they, can, can they do it? And they did. Because you're a New great. Tech grad, right? I'm a Maynard New Tech grad, but when I was growing up, or when I was going to school, they didn't have a football team. So mm-hmm. everybody, everything was Maynard still. So you're, you're, you're a Maynard athletics, and so I grew up watching the Mustangs. So, of course, yeah. That, that's why we have a big Maynard bias yeah. down here. Yeah. <laughs> so. Congratulations to Coach Mitchell, all those guys over there. Coach Velasco, shout out as well. Shouts to the Mustangs. Yeah. Definitely. Bye. Right. Bye. There he goes. Uh, we're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. He's coming in. He's walking in now. Here comes Shehan. Um, it, we isn't, are a little, it, we're, isn't, it isn't his fault we're slow. No, no, we're a little bit, well, we're a little bit early. Sure. I told, I always tell him twelve forty. He's sitting out here. I always tell him twelve forty. We're a we're a well oiled machine. This is why we could never be on like an actual broadcast network. Yeah, it, we don't know how to do a good show. We just know how to do this show. Yeah, this is good enough. <laughs> um, speaking, hi. Speaking of which, you've slid way too far to your right. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That's Sorry. Better. Okay. Uh, we are now joined <laughs> by the college football insider for Dave Campbell's Texas Football. It's Monsieur Sheon J. Raja. Hello. Hey. What's up? <laughs> Nothing much. Nothing how's much. how's everything? That's going great. Going yeah. great. How's your college football weekend? You did you do three games? This I week? did three games. Wow. Yeah. I did UNT on Thursday against FAU. They ended up winning that game. I went to SMU versus Memphis on Friday and Baylor TCU on Saturday. Man, that's a full weekend. It was, you're but it was a great weekend. You're a busy. You're a busy guy. Uh, we had to skip last week because we had way too much going on, but we are back with the Texas College Football Power Poll, ranking the 12 FBS teams in the Lone Star State. Um, not as sad as it normally is, but yeah. still kind of sad. It's a little sad. Uh, our number, let's start at the bottom. Got to start from the bottom to get here, as Drake would say. <laughs> number 12. Number 12. <laughs> come on. Give me, give me, <laughs> number 12 in the Power Poll is? Rice. Yeah. Um, now, I will say they covered... Yeah, against uh, against uh, on the road at LSU. Yeah, they they didn't look horrible. No. You, you know, this really isn't about the LSU game so much. It's just kind of the trend the last couple of weeks. Uh, Rice has really struggled to kind of find any momentum on either side of the ball, and the issue is they're so bad defensively that when they can't find momentum offensively, there's really nowhere to go. Yeah, uh, only let's see, they had 198 yards of total offense yeah. in this game. Now LSU will do that to yeah, you. Yeah, LSU's a really really good team. LSU's really good. Um, 
Nobody expected them to go on the road and win this game. No. Uh, but Rice is now 1-11 on the year and yes. still have one more game to go. Who do they close with? Uh, who do they close um, with? They close with Old Dominion. Yeah. Um, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Old yeah. Dominion's not great. Yeah. Old Dominion's nobody's 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 you know crowning them, but uh, I imagine right. they'll probably be. And like, at least they get them at home. Get them at home, they'll probably be ten point underdogs. Yeah. Anyway, number twelve, number uh, twelve in the power pool is Rice. Number eleven in the power pool is UTSA. Okay, so let's talk about Frank Wilson. Yeah, um, and, and and I want to say, I mean, I I put Rice number twelve because again, just the trend of the last couple of weeks. Uh, in my heart, UTSA is the worst team in the state. I mean, right now, this is a this is a, a, normally. The now UTSA has never had an amazing offense. No, basically, literally since the inception of their program, right, they've right. never had an amazing offense. But they've had a decent offense yeah. that is made better because they've usually had a really good defense. Right now, they have neither. Right, no, they they really do nothing well. It's amazing. Uh, it, I mean, and and I don't mean that like. I, I don't mean to exaggerate. They do nothing well. Yeah. Right now, they're averaging under three point seven yards per play. And uh, they're last in the country in total offense per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, by, by, by the way, a considerable margin. By a lot. By a good 28 yards per a game. game. Yeah. Uh, against, and this, uh, this past weekend against Marshall, a team that is known for its offense, not for its defense, uh, they put up a cool 2.5 yards per play. Like, let's, let's put it this way, okay? Um, I don't think anybody's ever going to mistake UTEP for an offensive juggernaut. No. UTEP on the year is averaging 5. 03 yards per play. Five yards a play. UTSA is averaging 3.7. Yeah, yeah. It's it's real bad. And um, shockingly, they're not the only team averaging under four yards per play. Somehow Central Michigan's doing that too. But it would be the first time since 2014 that a team has averaged under four yards per play. It's unbelievable. Um, and, and so let's have an awkward conversation about Frank yeah. Wilson. because A, a guy who's I like, a running backs coach, by the way. A running backs coach. And I like him a lot. Yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, I hope he gets another year because, yeah. but but right now, like I would I would also understand it yeah. if UTSA went and fired Frank Wilson. Yeah, the the big issue is again it's year three for him. Mm-hmm. This isn't his first year. And look, if the defense was kind of problematic and the offense just you know was average to below mm-hmm. average, that's fine. But the defense being bad and the offense being the wor- one of the worst we've seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's ultimately year three, and you can be like, oh, well, the offensive line isn't playing very well, which it's not. You know, and, and again, I think that that's the thing is like, you know, we can talk a lot about obviously Cordell Grundy really struggled at quarterback, mm-hmm. but they've brought in other guys now too, DJ Gillens, Bryce Rivers. And Rivers didn't play terribly in the game, but again, I mean, he was sacked like five times. Yeah. So, so if you can't protect your quarterback, if you can't open up rushing lanes, and it's year three, I mean, I, I'm not saying that I would let him go necessarily, no. but I think you at least have to think what are our options. I, I totally agree with that. This is a um, the, it's 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 a tough situation right now. I I would I again I I like Frank Wilson. Yeah. from a very personal perspective, I like him a lot, and I think that if he's given time to to really let his guys cook, then he'll be then they'll be a winning program. But I also know that this is a this is a results oriented business, and right now the results simply are not there. And they're not. It's not like you can say about the next team we're about to talk, yeah. or the the two teams we're, next two teams we're about to talk yeah. about, where you can say, oh well, they're trending in the right way. Right. They're not. They're trending right. in a bad way right now. Yeah, their last five games they've averaged six points per game. Ugh. Ugh. 
All right. Let's stop let's stop being sad about that. Let's be sad about this one. Number 10 on the power poll is Utah. Uh so they lose 40 to 16 against Western Kentucky and that is extremely generous because yeah. this was 40 to nothing at halftime. Yeah. You know, it, so the the fun thing to look at is their drive chart to start the game. Oh god, why goes, would you do that? It goes if I if I'm not mistaken, hold on, let me pull it up actually. I've got it here. Okay. So it's Touchdown, interception. Oh, by the way, oh, so yeah. Western Kentucky. Western touchdown. Kentucky, touchdown, 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 field goal. <laughs> UTEP, interception, 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 punt, punt, interception, touchdown, punt, end of half. Kai Loxley, a cool one for nine for yeah. two yards and three picks. He had more picks <laughs> than passing yards. Yeah. Oh, my do you God. Know how, <laughs> do you know how hard, do you know how hard uh, that is? It's really hard. <laughs> I've never seen it before, I don't think. It's astonishing. Yeah. In fact, he had eight incompletions. Right. Only five of them hit the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and and look, and to be fair, in the second half, I think we saw more of what UTEP really is. Well, they brought in Brandon Jones. Right. They bench. They end up benching Kyle Oxley. Right. They bring in Brandon Jones, and he was actually. I mean, yeah. if you like the number, like the numbers were there. Yeah, the numbers were good, but it was all garbage time. It was. It was, and like. I think that UTEP's still trending in the right direction despite going down 40 to at halftime. I think that's just something that happened, <laughs> you know? Like, mm, But Western Kentucky's really I bad. I know. Western Kentucky, this is their first conference to say one of the year. Woof. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, you know, I think this is just kind of something that happened. I'm not too dissuaded about the future of this program. Number nine, a lot to talk about here. Texas State. Uh, okay. Let's first talk about the game they played with Troy, yeah. which I thought was an excellent game for, for Texas State. So, so here's the thing. They were excellent in many areas. The issue was they turned over the ball five times. No, they turned it over six times. Tyler Vitt threw five interceptions. Five picks. If Willie Jones is starting quarterback for this game, and not that I don't have faith in Tyler Vitt. I think he's a good player, mm-hmm. but he's just not quite ready. If Willie Jones is starting quarterback in this game, they probably beat them. The defense was actually really good. Yeah. Really good, which is not yeah. something we've been able to say about Texas State. But right. the defense was excellent in this one. Right. Um. They only allowed 220 total yards. Two eight two, by the way. Yeah, a good. I mean, Troy very, on the road. This is an unbe- They're going to win the. They're going to win uh, yeah. the Sun Belt. Yeah, um, they're nine and two right now. Yeah, this is a really good team, and and Texas State took them the wire. Yeah, there's a lot of positives there. Yeah. And then yesterday, yeah, they fire Everett Withers. The timing of it was really weird. Yeah, I, I didn't like the timing of it just because, and, and maybe they just are like, we don't want you to be able to win your job back, but. And, and I do think that, you know, there were a lot of firings yesterday, actually, which was a little surprising to me, um, just across the country. Charlotte coach mm-hmm. uh, Brad Lambert was also fired, a couple others. And I kind of wonder whether sort of this early signing period is starting to affect things, where they want to mm-hmm. get somebody in quick. You know, this is what we've seen at Kansas, right? They bring in less miles right now mm-hmm. because they kind of want to be able to recruit a little bit before the December signing period. But the issue just becomes, it's, it's just, I don't know why... I felt like Everett Withers had done enough to deserve one more shot at this. I agree. Because when you talk about Texas State, I mean, it's, it's a program with a proud football history, but not at this level. Not at FBS. Yeah. It, you know, they, they jumped to FBS in, I think, 2012. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dennis Francione kind of sold out to get some instant success. And Ishmael Johnson actually wrote a great column that you should read on TexasFootball.com. Um, but basically, Texas State had to become a real FBS team. Mm-hmm. And that was Everett Withers' job. And the idea that you did a complete, complete slash-and-burn rebuild yeah. of the entire, not just the, the team, of the program, 
the fact that you only give him not even three years, mm-hmm. that's a little unfair to me. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I have had to watch a lot of Texas State football this last year, and it hasn't been great. You know, there's been a lot of things that are ugly. But I do think that the last couple of games, they were trending in the right direction. I do think that we saw progress from their defense. And when it comes to offense, if an offense is struggling, I at least try to take into account that the player that they wanted to be out there is hurt, right? Mm-hmm. That Willie Jones is hurt. If, if, if Willie Jones goes out and throws five interceptions, and he's like, well, this is our best quarterback. That's, that's an issue. But, like, they've played well the last couple yeah, of weeks. They really They're have. trending in the right direction. And I... I personally feel like they should have given it another year because I just don't know who they're going to go out and get now who it's like, this is better. Yeah, I agree. That's It's a, it's an odd situation down there in San Marcos. There's also a bunch of political things going around because yeah. the yeah. AD and... Blah. Yeah, and, and I mean, a lot of people want the AD out. And in a lot of ways, I'm sure that this is sort of a tactic to try to push the blame towards him mm-hmm. and take it oh. away from the athletic director. Uh, we're here with Shehran J. Raja going through the uh, the Texas College Football Power Poll where at number, what is that? Eight. eight. eight? Yes. Clocking at number eight is? The Baylor Bears. Woof. Oh, boy. They woof, had woof, such woof. a big opportunity on Saturday against TCU. Mm-hmm. It was senior day. It was against a hated rival. It was the last home game. They were wearing the Sailor Bear helmets. They were Sailor, wearing Sailor, Sailor Bear helmets yeah. in black. And and look, it's very clear to me. Uh, what I blame this on is that they wore gold pants. What were I, they thinking? I totally what were they agree. Thinking? Listen, <laughs> as a Mizzou grad, I hate the gold pants too. <laughs> but no, I mean, in all seriousness, uh, the final score was sixteen to nine, and it was even uglier than that. Um, you know, you know, because because here's the thing: is when with Baylor having Charlie Brewer, you always kind of feel like they're in a game if the game is close. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of the first time that I really felt like, oh wow. He's, he's not going to be able to do anything against this. He's not going to be able to get them into the red zone. And, um, you know, because there was one, there were two drives all game that Bailey looked comfortable against TCU's defense. The TCU has a good defense, but not not like this mm-hmm. at this point. No. Um, you know, there were two this drives. This has been a TCU defense that has been legitimately struggling. Right, right. And so, you know, they have the drive where they go for a touchdown, and they looked great in that drive. That was, I think, the second drive of the game. And then they have another drive, I think two drives later, where Charlie Brewer mishandles a snap. It gets recovered by TCU in the red zone. And that was kind of the last time they looked good all day. Mm-hmm. And on the other end, I mean, the defense played pretty well. It was just Jalen Rager making two huge, huge, huge plays. He's a freak show. He really is. And well, yeah. the, the other thing is, like, you knock out TCU's already backup quarterback. Right. And right. then Grayson Mulestein comes in and you can't do anything yes. against him. And, and this would have been an opportunity to win that game at home against a rival to make a bowl game for the first time in the Matt Rule era. Everything lined up and they just kind of... And now they're going to be probably... You know, now we'll talk about tech here in a yeah. minute, but like yeah. they're going to be pretty, probably, probably considerable underdogs yeah. to, to make a bowl now. Well, yeah, and they should be. You know, I mean, this was kind of the opportunity because, mm-hmm. and it depends a little bit on whether Jet Duffy or Alan Bowman ends up starting this yeah. week. I think Agreed. for Texas Tech, but um, you know, I mean, I don't think that they should be. They're certainly not favored going into this. Let's game. see. What is? Let me get to S and P. S and P Plus yeah. thinks that um, Texas Tech is a fourteen point favorite. Yeah. Um, I I can't argue with that. I can't argue with no, that. And no, no, no. This feels I'm, like a huge missed opportunity. Well, and and the funny thing is, you know, again, Baylor and Tech are both going to be fighting for bowl games, and Tech I think is a good team that is underachieved because their quarterback's gone out, and Baylor I think is a team that's overachieved mm-hmm. to, to a certain extent. But um, but you know, again, now you go into this game, both of them in a do or die spot, and again, I think that Alan Bowman's going to be back. That's what sounds it like sounds like. And if Alan Bowman's back, yeah, I mean, Baylor has not news. been great yeah. defending big plays. Okay. Number seven of the power poll. Uh, TCU. 
give him credit, man. That's that's gutty, and there's every yeah. reason. Yeah. There's every reason to to punt and just be like to, and to fold up shop right. Right. Um, in that in that game. And and yeah. they came out playing hair on fire. I think that defense took it personally that their de- that the defense has been is really bad against West Virginia. Right. Um. It was it was not good in their win. I mean, it was okay, but not great in their win. Lost to Kansas. Yeah. It got smoked. They got smoked by Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, I think they took it personally, and they came out, and that looked like a vintage TCU defense. Yeah. Yeah. That, that in years where TCU's offense has not been there, and they tell the defense you got to yep. go win this game, it felt like that. Yeah. Well, their defensive line, I think, really took it personally. You know, they mm-hmm. lose Joseph Broadnax to a to a, a career ending illness. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, prayers up to him, mm-hmm. but. Uh, ben Banigou was all over the place. Corey Bethley was all over the place. Uh, Matt Rule specifically called out LJ Collier for having a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they just dominated them at the point of attack, and that was a big part of the reason. You know, we can talk about why Baylor wasn't able to get much going, but they had them under pressure the entire game. And, and, and you know, Jalen Rager is, again, because yeah. this offense has, has yeah. scuffled this year, yeah. I think people maybe forget how great Jalen Rager yeah. is. Jalen Rager's a game-breaker. Yeah, he, he's... He's going to be one of those players who, you know, people who watch Big 12 are going to be like, this guy's going to be a superstar heading into the NFL, mm. and some team's going to draft him like the fifth round, yeah. and then he's going to be a Pro Bowl wide receiver. That's exactly, that's exactly what's going to happen. But <laughs> I Rager's, hope it's the Bears. Do that. Yeah. Um, that's number seven on the power pole. Yep. Number six in the power pole. SMU. Boy, it feels like a real missed opportunity, too. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you had, you, that, was, that was a beatable Memphis team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. And it was a big opportunity. It was a, it was a big spot. But, you know, I mean... You know, here's the thing. There are a lot of teams on this list that are five and six right now. Mm-hmm. Um, four of them, in fact. And so, the deal with SMU is that to start as badly as they did, to start zero and three, to to basically not get a non-conference slate to boost your record, mm-hmm. they've played really well the past couple of weeks. Yes, they have. And the moment was too big for them. I think mm-hmm. they were pressing. Um, you know, they just couldn't get a whole lot going offensively. And again, defensively, I think they played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but offensively, they still struggled to get much moving. It, it was actually kind of funny because, again, I, w- I watched the SMU game on Friday night, and then I was at the Baylor-TCU game on Saturday, and these games felt very similar. <laughs> and uh, just in terms of both teams struggling to kind of get anything going and also with SMU and Baylor, the so moment could, being a bit too big. So we could only have – we may only have five bowl-eligible teams. Yeah. Ba- <laughs> Baylor or Tech. Yeah. Um, North Texas is bowl eligible. Houston's yes. bowl eligible. A and M and Texas. Yeah, and okay. uh, TCU can get there if they beat Oklahoma State. Yeah, which is an, I'll be an upset. Yeah, yeah, no, it will be. So we'll we'll have to see. Um, I mean, it, there's yeah. still a lot left to be decided in the last week of the season. And the reality is that means that you have a bunch of teams that are average. Man, you know the only thing that that bothers me about SMU, yeah, that, that bugs me is that. Offense was like trending up, trending up, trending yeah. up, trending up, and then cratered. Right. It was terrible. And Memphis Spanish. isn't a good defense, you know. Oh, this is a de- this is even you got to light up, right? And you know, again, <laughs> it just didn't work. I, I kind of joke about it, but you know, you, you really just get the whole Ben Hicks experience, right? You know, he throws for a lot of yards, he makes some big plays, he also completes about half his passes and throws a big interception at some point. They got to finish at Tulsa to yeah. get bowl eligible, yeah. It'll, which is, uh, I mean, pretty they much better a win that pick, game. A pick 'em type game, yeah. I would say right now. Oh, they no, they better win that game. Tulsa's I, not. I agree, good. they better, but Tulsa is not good. I'm just, I'm just beaten down. <laughs> Speaking of five and six teams, number five on the power pole, <laughs> Texas Tech. Um, this was the first this loss is for the, Texas Tech. This is the this is the worst result of the weekend. Yeah, this is the and, and the thing is this is the first loss for Texas Tech that I'm just like 
that's really bad. Because, you know, even the Ole Miss game, I mean, it wasn't great, but you lose your quarterback, you kind of have a guy come in who maybe is still trying to figure out. And the rest stuff. of those are West Virginia, yeah. at Iowa State, yeah. Oklahoma, Texas. If they had, yeah. if they finish the year, if they win that game and they finish the year 7-5, and five, yeah. and you go, okay, but those are five pretty decent losses. Those are five pretty good losses. Yeah. You know, the Ole Miss one is the one that you kind of look at, but that was still with an injured quarterback. This is the one that you're just like, oh, my God. Cliff, 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 you've bought yourself so much goodwill. What happened? That was that's a, a gross loss. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. offense played by far its worst game of the year. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, and it, it feels like this is one of those games that happens where it's just they just go out there and they, uh, you know, in, in cold conditions and they just don't know what to do. Man, and I mean, you think back to. They play West Virginia tight. They beat Oklahoma State. Yeah. They play. They beat Houston. They beat Oklahoma yeah. State. They play West Virginia tight. They beat TCU. They beat yeah. Kansas. And you're thinking, man, where's this thing going? And four straight losses. Right. And now, yeah. I mean, look, we were talking about how Cliff was off the, the hot seat. Right. Might be right back. If you don't beat Baylor, if you don't beat Baylor and they right. finish five and seven, I think right. he's gone. Right. And whether or not he deserves to is another another conversation. Yeah. But yeah. I think there's a fair argument to be said that yeah, well, he, they don't win on for Saturday. You know, you really talk about the job. trending thing. You know, they're playing with a third-string quarterback right now, mm-hmm. and the last two weeks to play within one possession of, you know, Texas and Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and the week before playing within 10 points of Iowa State, I mean, it's... This was this was this it was, was so gross, disappointing. Just a gross, gross. Because loss. even even Duffy hasn't played great, but he's played fine. Yeah. You know, and, you and this was just the... It was disgusting. <sighs> Number four on the power pole. Uh, North Texas. A team that looked ugly and won. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, at this point, that's where we're at in Texas college football. Yeah. Look ugly. That's fine. Just win. Just and, win. And that's the what North game. Texas did. Yeah. Um, they they piddled around and they tried to give it away. Yeah. But uh, they got they they ended up coming up with the the win. Um, DeAndre Torrey, a long touchdown run to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, Forty one thirty eight. Yeah. And again, it's the kind of thing that. If you started the year and you said, "Hey, by the way, they'll be eight and three, and they're going to beat FAU at home," you'd be like, "Oh my <laughs> right, gosh, right, right, like, what a year!" Like, okay, they probably lost to Arkansas. Maybe, maybe they got tripped up by SMU in the opener, yeah. and then they lost one of the conference games. Right. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No. It's just been an odd, odd year. Yeah. I think that they're pretty good. They, they are, and and that's the thing. You know, I mean, the thing we talk about in all of these games, right, is that in all three losses that UNT has this year, they had a double-digit lead. Mm-hmm. And so, and don't get me wrong, I think that what's happening a lot of the time is their line is wearing down in the second half, mm-hmm. and Mason Fine's having to run for his life. But the reality is, if you have double-digit leads, like you have to find ways to lead the clock. You have to find ways to get the running game involved. You have to find ways to make stops on defense. And, and I think they've done a good job of that. And, you know, you mentioned DeAndre Torrey's uh, breakaway at 92-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Muhammad had a pick at the end of the game mm-hmm. to seal the game. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, their defense is still playing well, but you just have to be able to move the chains a little bit better on offense. And even in this game, even in a game they won, they took a 17-0 lead to start, and then they really just let mm-hmm. FAU get back into it. Yeah. So, again, UNT's a good team. Look, they're, they're going to they're finish the year 9-3, nine and, t- nine and, yeah. and they're going to go to a good bowl game with a chance to win 10 games, which right. they've never done. Yeah, and that would be remarkable. I, I, I will correct you. Uh, they actually have done it twice. One was like oh. in the forties, and one was it was adjusted in nineteen seventy eight. Because oh, yeah, no. uh, Jordan Seth pointed that out to they me, and I want to make sure 40s. that I uh, that I remind everybody. Number three in the power poll, <laughs> Houston. Another team that a win, yeah. and yet that's not what anybody's talking about. <sighs> so 
Hugh, so they beat Tulane, yeah. and they kind of beat the brakes off Tulane. Oh, they killed like, Tulane. They killed them. It wasn't close. They, but, but two things that do not have anything to do with go, what goes on, yeah. on between the sidelines yeah. um, are the talk. First and foremost, great win. Yeah. They're go- they're gonna win, you know. If they they yeah. play Memphis this week for it's a, a facto, spot, uh, yeah, yeah uh, it's game. a C- it's a USA West title game, Wait, American for- America. I'm sorry, the American West title game uh, for a chance to get smoked by UCF. But <laughs> two things: first and foremost, Derek King growing out just sucks, and even if you don't care about Houston, yeah. you should feel bad. Yeah, well, Derek King. I mean. Well, fun enough, I, I wrote a piece about two or three weeks ago saying that he should be in the Heisman race, and he's leading the nation in touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He has 50 touchdowns, and actually, even if you even if you throw out uh, this season, I think he's third. Uh, I think that this season, even without two additional games, and a third maybe if they get to the title game, he would have had three more games. He's already number three on the single season uh, touchdown list with 50 yeah. touchdowns. I mean, he's a special player, man, and and... It just sucks that he's going out. Yeah, he has been their offense for stretches, just and, about on his own. And so it's probably going to be Clayton Toon. Yeah, be their, their, who looked pretty good against looked Tulane. Fine. Looked good. Yeah. Um, kind of interesting. They went with the true freshman from Hebron, Clayton Toon, over mm-hmm. Quinton Dormady, the mm-hmm. Tennessee grad transfer. Which is interesting. Another text get from Bernie. But yep. then the other thing is uh, Jacket Gate. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Major Applewhite did a good job of handling this I, in terms of post-game. After you know, the game. Yeah, after the game. Dur- during the moment, I think. You know, but the thing is, I, I feel like we saw a lot of frustration from a lot of different places boil up. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Ed Oliver was cleared two weeks ago to play against SMU. Mm-hmm. And said it just didn't feel right. And all power to him, right? Mm-hmm. Don't If it doesn't feel right, don't play. Don't risk millions mm-hmm. of dollars. But I think that, you know, if you're Major Applewhite and you're thinking, this guy's ready to go, this yeah. guy might be healthy, it's, it just puts you in a weird spot where you have, the you know, one of the most talented players to ever play at Houston on the sideline. And, you know, it, it's just, I, I understand if Major feels like, Ed Oliver feels like he's bigger than the program to an extent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to try to rein in control somewhere. But it, it was just a weird, weird look. And... Again, I mean, people were watching this game too. You know, this was a nationally was, televised game for sure, and, and it's, it's just an odd situation. And but um, but look, the bottom line is that Houston yeah. uh, will be playing for a spot in a conference championship game, which is not a thing that we can say about a lot. Yeah, of teams. yeah, no, they've looked really good this year. The number two team in the Power Pool is Texas A and M, and look, I think that's the best offensive game they've had this year. Yeah, I um, think so. And, you know, and it gets a good defense. Yeah, I mean, the the basically, you could make an argument that the two best defense. I mean, well, no, I mean Alabama's in there, yeah. but like two of the three, two of the three best defenses they've played. Yeah, they've looked great offensively. Right. Clemson and then and then UAB. Yeah, um, they came out. That looked like an offense that has grown. Yes, and it yes. looked really really good. And and you know, defense was good. Good, not amazing. Good, yeah, yeah it was fine. And, uh, the, their secondary still looks very suspect. And now, if they want to prove that things are different under Jimbo Fisher, yeah. go beat LSU on Thanksgiving yeah. or day after Thanksgiving, guys. Well, I think always the best indicator to kind of see Two whether this A and M offense is going to work is how much they're able to rely on the running game. Mm-hmm. Because Calamond has made a lot of strides this year, but I still don't think you want him to have to go out and win you games necessarily. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And uh, Trayvon Williams has another just tremendous, tremendous game. Um, you know, somebody brought up to me, is Trayvon going to leave early? I, I he, 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 he should think about it. Yeah. I mean, should, I, I mean, I, I am selfish, yeah. and I hope that he comes back yeah, because yeah. I like watching him play football oh, yeah. for, for a team in Texas. But, right. um, no, I think he should consider it. I mean, he's been great. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. I 
as a fan, of course, you want to see these guys keep playing at these schools, and you want to see, oh my god, can Travion Williams be a Heisman contender next year, yeah. which I think he could be. Mm-hmm. But if you're a running back, just the shelf life is so short. It is, and you wonder, you wonder, you're, you want to hit away. But anyway, yeah. great win over UAB. Yeah. Uh, they are now 7-4, and four, and again... Yeah. Go prove go prove that things are different. Go beat yeah. LSU, and then I believe everybody will be uh, hopping on board that. Right, longer. right. So it'll and, be a big one. And finally, the number one team in the college football power pool is the Texas Longhorns, and a team that is playing for a spot in a conference title game, going on the road against a uh, a team without a coach. Uh, David Beatty's still there. A team. Actually, they have two coaches right now. Yeah. A, team with, a, team, a team with too many coaches. <laughs> too many coaches. Um, but I thought yeah. that. I think the Iowa State win is their most complete win of the year. I think so, too. Um, the offense um, did not look amazing, yeah. but it it was efficient. Yeah. And, and that's they, a really good defense. And, and yeah. against a really good defense. And the defense. Yes, Max. The defense. Just got to throw the one thing in I can throw in for this. <laughs> and the defense smothered them. Yeah. And honestly, Iowa State's lucky they didn't lose by more. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that to goad Max. I'm yeah. saying that I'm saying that really and yeah. truly that that first team to make Purdy look like a freshman. Yeah, yeah. he looked like yeah. a freshman. Yeah. They yeah. they dominated that game, yeah. and yeah. that was not a 14 point game. That was like a 24 point game. No, and I mean again they lose Ellinger part of the way through, yeah. and you know they built up a certain amount of a lead, so it's okay. But like Bouchel did fine. Bouchel yeah. did, yeah. Bouchel Bouchel did, did fine. what he needed to do. And now look, I mean if you're Tom Herman and they are eight and three, yeah, you finish a regular season nine and three, which they should. Yeah. But going to Kansas yeah. has never been a layup. <laughs> ask TCU. Ask 2016 Kansas, Texas. Um, you go I've to Kansas. Won there since 2014. You go to Kansas and you win that game. Even if you lose in the title game to, yeah. to Oklahoma, oh, Oklahoma, yeah. and you finish the, the you finish the season oh, nine yeah. and four. I think that is a really resounding success. Oh yeah, for Tom Herman in the year two. Well. <laughs> You know what's funny about this Texas team is there were just so many moments throughout the year that you're like, oh, they've taken the step. Oh, they have not. Oh, mm-hmm. they've taken the step. And, you know, now you're sitting here at the end of it, and, yes, they lost the game to West Virginia. They lost that bad game to Oklahoma State. Not not that losing to Oklahoma State is bad, but the loss was A bad. game they should have won, honestly. Right, right. But, you know, I mean, again, I, I just feel like when they lost to Maryland in week one, there was the thought process was, oh, my gosh, they're going to do it again. Yeah, it's going to be bad. It's going to be another bad year. And they've really found a way to come back. Uh, may- maybe what Brecken Hager said is right. Uh, you know, maybe God was just on Maryland's side in that game. Because in every other game, Texas has looked uh, has looked really, really good. And in, in different shades of good, for the right. most part. Yeah, right. So. It's, uh, it's, it's, they're probably, I mean, look, I think they're probably the best team in Texas. Yeah. Which is not a thing we've yeah. been able to say for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think Houston had a chance to, I think, mm-hmm. put that uh, away, but then losing to Temple the way that they did, I think, kind of cost them that. North Texas, again, they've they've had their opportunities. Had so many opportunities. I mean, North Texas should legitimately be undefeated right now. I don't disagree with you. And, uh, you know, but Texas, I think, is the team that is, been battle tested mm-hmm. they've won the battles that they need to win um again i mean texas a&m has showed a lot of signs but texas i think has been a clear step above that. yes i agree with that and um and again I, it's year two under tom herman you know this mm-hmm. is this is still very early they still have that ridiculous 2018 recruiting class that's still being integrated they're gonna have another great recruiting class this year and um you know i i think that that secondary just heading forward, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be... Has a chance to be special. Yeah, has a chance to be real, real special. I mean, B.J. Foster made some big plays mm-hmm. on Saturday. We've been waiting for him to kind of uh, get an opportunity. It, it's, a, it's a huge uh, season for them, in my opinion. And, again, if you go and beat Kansas... And 
I think that Texas would have a hard time in in the title game against Oklahoma because I think that, I agree. But um, not not because I don't think they're good, but because I think Oklahoma will come out on a mission. Mm-hmm. But even if you lose that game, yeah, you know, you finish with nine wins and go to a bowl game and what maybe have a chance at ten. I mean, that's that's an incredible year. <laughs> I think anybody would take that year. So though that is your college football power poll number twelve. Rice, number 11, UTSA, number 10, UTEP, number 9, Texas State, number 8, Baylor, number 7, TCU, number 6, SMU, number 5, Texas Tech, number 4, North Texas, number 3, Houston, number 2, Texas A&M, and number 1, the Texas Longhorns. Let's go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Lots of good stuff today. However, I can't read through it because my laptop just died. <laughs> However, this, I am going to take this, this opportunity to, to let people know tomorrow be our last live show of the week. Yes, but we will have a show. We'll have a recorded show for you on Wednesday. And then are you're not sure you're going to do one on Friday yet? I'm going to see about it. I'm yeah. going to see. Uh, what? Well, uh, it's not me. I'm going to see if Step can come in. Right. If Step can come in and do Mailbag with me, we'll do Mailbag Friday. But if he can't, then we won't. Good chance tomorrow is the last live show of the week. So get in early and say what you want to say because that might be the last chance to do it this week. We will tape one that will be on Wednesday. It's Thanksgiving. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not hanging out here every day just to give you a show. I'm not doing it. I know. Tepper's giving me that look like, why not? I like you guys. That's uh, not true. I like you guys way more than That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. For Ishmael Johnson, Shehan J. Raja, and Max Thompson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please give me your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for episode 666 on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.